Yo, what is up, headhunters, executive recruiter, search firm owners, and all around beautiful people? This is David Seven Patterson. Uh, you may know me as DSP. This is my brother for, brother for another mother right over there, Neil Libovitz. Do you remember that from uh, our there you, I do remember that. Show? Yes, thank you. Welcome to the Headhunters Live. This is episode number two. Um, Chris Wessel, unfortunately, uh, he had a prior engagement. Uh, he is out flossing his cat. Now, I don't know what that means. Um, but uh, trust us, it is very necessary. Anyway, uh, boy, that said, it's just Neil and Isn't I that, like, uh, today. Weezer. Do you remember that? It was greasing Weezer. It was a real line. It was. I've from, never heard um, that. <laughs> it was from the show in the fifties with those. Uh, it was really famous. What they show uh, about those two boys that that were Ozzy and Harriet, Harriet the Nelson, whatever. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, sorry, kid, go out. I got a grease Weezer. <laughs> so it was a real line in it that a lot of comedians love. Yeah. Well, Grease to Weezer sounds kind of dirty. I'm not quite sure what that. I think that's that why means. it's a famous line because it, it was <laughs> it was a perfectly beyond G-rated show and it was G-rated comment and and it's just Grease Weezer's funny in and of itself. Oh, there you go, Grease Weezer. I'll start using that. Well, so the, the term I like to use, flossing my cat. If I'm gonna, we, we used to do this back, but way back in the day when I was when I when I would, I would uh. uh Got my, my friends, my boys, we would, if, if we're in a conversation, I wanted to leave, I just, but I wanted to be funny. I would just say, yeah, I got to go. I got to uh, floss my cat. And I'd go. It's, and, and it was just a, it's just a random series it's of words. Stuff. It's, it's yeah. as funny then as it is now. 100%. <laughs> it is. It's always, look, you know, um, well, well, guys, uh, what are we talking about today? We'll, we'll turn back to you in a second, but I want to make sure folks are just tuning in so you know what you're going to be getting into. This is going to be a session we you are going to want to be taking a lot of notes because there's no guest today. Um, this is going to be pure value and plus a little bit of entertainment, but we're going to be talking about automation with an old school twist in essence. Um, and I'll be talking a lot about automation when it comes to uh, business development, marketing, prospecting. Um, and uh, and Neil's going to be chiming in as well. We may even talk about some back office stuff in terms of automation. But um, but with that said, though, Neil, um, uh, I've heard a lot of great feedback from our first show last week. Have you been hearing from the audience at all on your end? I have. I have. Uh, it's And it's nice to be back. And um I actually got a lot of criticism because I was involved in a thread about a split partner and mm -hmm. uh, people felt that went against what I said. And it really, it was, it wasn't, uh, it was actually leveraging what they had, but it was really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, positive feedback and not so positive, uh, but no, it was really good. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Well, so uh, oh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully it didn't get burned uh, too. No, it wasn't about the one. show. No, the show was really fun, David. It was great. Great to be back. Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, all right. Well, that's it, man. And by the way, I love the skyline there. Um, uh, I see your videos on Facebook with you driving down. I saw one video of you driving down Times Square with the, with the convertible. Like you're really living uh, that yeah. lifestyle, aren't you? I'm enjoying it. It's, uh, it's, yes, it is. Uh, it's not a zoom background. It is real. It is real. There's central park oh, over yeah. there, which I, yeah. For those, those watching at home. I hate living when people large. Do that. Living large. Well, well, let's do this. Um, it's, it's guys, thanks to the royalties of headhunters and boxers talking smack. A lot of people don't know. David and I get residuals for the literally dozens of users. Yeah, dozens of views that we've, we've gotten over We're really broadcasting to literally tens of users right now. Oh, that's right. Tens you, and you, you out there are watching us live. And you're making tens of dollars uh, from others. Yeah. I know it goes a long way here in Manhattan. But, uh, well, 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 that said... Um, we're going to get into, into the subject matter here in just a moment, but um, if you guys can do me a favor, if you can, if you can hear us, uh, comment uh, in the uh, in the chat. Now we're broadcasting on YouTube, we're on LinkedIn, we're on uh, two different Facebook groups, my own personal Facebook page, and my business Facebook page. So we are all over the place. So wherever you're at, comment uh, that you can hear us. Uh, uh, so comment live if you're watching the replay comment replay because we really want to know who's actually watching this stuff um and i've even thought not, nothing official but i i'm even i have even have a even had a thought of of going back over and looking at some of our past shows uh and seeing who the most engaged people are maybe offering some sort of prize or just something to you guys who are engaging um also well since we're talking about a really cool like subject that i'm sure many of you folks are interested in if any of you have any questions pop them down below and we'll answer any of them that we can um and then lastly lastly uh, if you if you like us, if you love us, if you want more of us, or if you hate us, whatever it is, uh, show us emotion. Hit the like button, love button, angry button, whatever it is. We just want your emotion because 
you know, we're emotionally starved. Mm-hmm. And David, it's only audio in your group. It did not broadcast to Ursa. Not okay. Yeah. So, uh, so we're still having technical issues. I, I actually broadcast live in the Ursa, um, earlier this morning as a test and it worked. So if it's not working, um, Neil, while I'm talking, is going to drop the, I already posted a YouTube link to the main YouTube channel, David. It's not, it's just to your main channel and they could find it right there. Yeah. Excellent. Perfect. All right. So we are good to go. There's plenty of places to, to find, find it. You also go on LinkedIn. Uh, it's on my personal page. You can go to, um, um, uh, the Herc, you can go to, you know, anyway. So anyway, with all that being said, in fact, actually I'm thinking about adding uh, Twitter as well. One of these days to, to live, they have a uh, more and more people live streaming there. And I think that'd be kind of cool. All right. Thank you everybody. Look at Anthony Allen, uh, said he can hear us. Perfect. All right, let's get into it. So, so Neil, um, automation, automation. So uh, what I want to talk about is, um, the, I guess I want to start with the spectrum of personalization because one of the big things I hear a lot about is um, this, this sort of like uh, uh, debate about like you can't automate things. You have to personalize. Personalization is the best. And, of course, you have new school that says automation is the way to go. And, you know, it's one of those things that it's not really dichotomy like people think it is. It's kind of like um, well, we'll be getting into cold calls, but it's kind of like. Uh, inbound marketing, right? Your your LinkedIn and your, your all your content and your website and all that kind of jazz and your outbound efforts. You know, uh, there are people who really focus on uh, who really focus on inbound leads, um, which are really hard to get to be candid. Uh, and those who focus purely purely on outbound. And I've always said that they're two sides of the same coin, right? You're the if if people know your name, they know your brand, they see your content, uh, uh, they know your logo, and they they have a certain amount of trust in you. They see you as an authority. Well, when you reach out to them directly, they're much more likely to respond, respond positively, right? So they actually work in tandem. And I think the same thing applies to automation versus personalization or or, or doing things uh, in a non automated way. And so I like to think of it as a a spectrum. Right, being on the spectrum, because there's so much white noise out there. Right, everybody's reaching out to your prospects because recruiters are kind of hurting right now, or a lot of them are, uh, are they get a little bit nervous, and so they are reaching out to prospects more and more and more. And every recruiter says the exact same crap: uh, we're the best recruiter, we find the best people, we find them the fastest, or yada yada yada. So all these again, they all say the exact same things. So how do you how do you cut through the noise, uh, and also how do you get the volume out there? Right. Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, if we take the same approaches that I took back when I was uh, a little greenhorn, uh, starting with management recruiters back in the year 2000, and all I had was just the phone and that's all I had, it's, it's better than nothing. But at the end of the day, you're only going to, you're only going to get so far. All right. So, so we're going to talk about how you can actually combine automation uh, and personalization and even including phone calls uh, into the mix. All right. So, but David, let me say this yeah. in time in because because I, I alluded to it a little bit last week, but but not really in detail. Mm-hmm. When we refer to automation, you know, people often refer to the automating sales, automating marketing, they use the terms interchangeably and they're not. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what you're talking about, in my opinion, is automated marketing. You use that word several times. You use the word marketing. It's not automating sales. I'm going to be bold and I'm going to make a statement. You can't automate sales. How's that? So when we talk about old school and new school, all this stuff that everyone's doing, if you're still doing the same thing that you were doing a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, you think you're automated. Hey, you're automating marketing sales and let's get into that so i think when we talk about old school and new and you talk about personalization are you talking about personalizing marketing sales is still sales it's influencing people it's learning hot buttons it's doing all those things david that you talk about and what i find fascinating about this david is you wanted to talk about this topic with a passion and keep on going because everyone this is the digital headhunter that's bringing up a topic that you can't be so digital (laughs) <laughs> that's where we're going right so go ahead david uh, speaking of digital my my father he's he you know dads always tell the same joke over and over and over again my father whenever i talk to him he always says this he says david i'm an analog player in a digital world <laughs> every time it's a, it cracks me up it's a good um, anyway. old man joke yeah yeah, that's a great old man joke. I'm an analog I'll be, I'm a digital, I'm a mind to my kids. I'll be, I'm a digital man in a virtual reality world, right? Like it'll be a whole, it'll be the same thing on steroids. Yeah, because digital will be old school. Basically. Right, it's old school. I'm digital. Um, I'm not virtual so, reality. I don't know. 
but, but yeah, you're right. The, the sales the sales process, there are certain things you can't automate in the sales process leading up to the conversation. But at the end of the day, right. um, it's all about what automation does for you. Um, well, it does many things on the front end prospecting side. So when you say marketing, I call it prospecting, same difference. Uh, yeah. When you're prospecting, but when you're uh, in the sales process, yes, you want to be uh, – uh, you know, on a call, on the phone, or even better, actually, the, the fact that we all have Zoom nowadays, um, if you're not going on uh, Zoom calls with your prospects and your clients, you're missing out on a huge opportunity to build relations because it's it's you know, not not quite as good as going there to visit than in person. But if you're a long lines recruiter recruiting all over the, the, the country, it's really hard to go out and visit your clients all the time versus getting on a Zoom call, whether it's a brand new client, an old client, but being able to uh, get right into it uh, and, and on a Zoom call or again in, on a phone call, yeah, you can't really automate that. You can automate everything up to that point. Um, and so, so actually, here's some here's some ways where you can automate. And actually, I wasn't really going to talk about this specifically. I was going to talk more about marketing and prospecting. But when you brought the sales process, I will say this: one of the best ways to mark uh, to add automation to your sales process before you actually talk to the person is a scheduling funnel. Uh, so for for anybody who has ever booked a call on my calendar through my own funnel that I use for my business, there's there's a landing page, there's a video, there's a button they can click, they fill out a form, an assessment, and then they then they schedule their call automatically. And then it goes to a, a landing page which says, okay, great, thank you for booking your call. We'll be talking about A, B, C, and D. Please know your numbers. Please know your billings. Watch this video. And what really what 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 really helps the sales process when, when I do that is when somebody gets on the call, they're kind of already ready to go. I don't need to go through the rigmarole of, well, I do this and I do this, and here's why I'm I'm uh, I'm credible. We can get actually right into the sales process. It actually smooths things over. Um, for recruiters, a little bit different, but the but the basic thrust of it is if you're using Calendly, your schedule uh, schedule once or um, or, or acuity, your time trade over, or, uh, whatever sort of scheduling tool that you happen to use. Um, the way I look at it is create like a landing page with a video of you introducing yourself and your firm, very professional, uh, list out your testimonials, maybe below the calendar, have your calendar right there. They can, because if you're, they're going to book call with you, if they're going to use the calendar anyway, use that. They book the call in your calendar. And yeah, then they and go, David, and no joke, put on, put, on WW, put on the staffing by the book. And, and you, because they need a lead magnet, if you could put that thing on there for real, you want to download the book anyway, staffing by the book, you need to do get into staffing. But I, I mean, I, I wasn't planning on plugging that now. Um, it's a landing page that you need to do it. One of the first things, David, I talked about was this when I first got in the industry as a trainer, one of my biggest sellers was email marketing it was sequential marketing. And it was groundbreaking. But I wonder, and it's that's 15 years old already. I wonder how many people even do what you do so brilliantly, David, with the sequential marketing and the open rates initially and the hook and your and your and your lead magnets. Right. And I do that all the time. That's a big part of automation that, I, that you must do. Keep going. Well, the one thing I will say, let me take a quick drink. So, by the way, this guy's this is not beer. This is a root beer. OK, so FYI. Virgil's root beer, so so you guys know I'm not. And this is not sugar. This is, uh, this is zero sugar, uh, lemon, uh, sparkly oh, stuff. Yeah, I, I love root beer. Uh, but when it comes, so when it comes to to that, so um, oh yeah, anyways, let me finish my thought. So so they schedule the call, get redirected to a landing page, and the landing page simply says, "Thank you for booking your 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 call with me." On our call, we talking about A, B, C, and D. Set the agenda, uh, and then. It's very, very, very simple. But when they schedule a call, you can add little automation things on on the front and back of that, just to add a little more familiarity to you. And and when somebody sees your face, you talking, very short video, just setting the agenda for the call, it helps uh, when you actually do get on the call. Now, now David, you did that to uh -huh. tell them about because it reminds me. I remember uh, you had a product a year or two ago. And it was just about, and we're not plugging it, but I'm just saying it's on this, it's on this, it was about skill marketing. You created like these beautiful sort of digital footprints and landing pages and experience for the people, which the point was you wanted to market to them, right? But also show them that you're really on the cutting edge, right? So I don't know if that's something you still do, but that was really big. I love that. Very creative. Oh, yeah. You know what? I just pulled it up here um, because I actually show this when I do my demos. So let me, uh, I'm going to share my screen here. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so the schedule fund that I talked about, it's actually fairly, um, it's a workhorse because if, if you're going to schedule a call with a prospect or candidate or whatever, and you send your calendar link, it can be used for that. Very, very, very simple. But if you have a candidate that you want to market, um, let me see if I can uh, 
me get my screen shared here and I can show you guys uh, what this looks like. There uh, we go. Sorry. All right. So I'm going to put this up on the screen here. So this actually is a sample page. This is a, so I, for those who don't know, I used to recruit in the SAP space um, for, you know, since like I think 2004 through like probably two, three years ago when I started. And then from there, I started doing coaching and training full time. So this was, um, so when I say SAP business leader, this actually was an SAP director um, that I worked with like about maybe five, six years ago. Um, and so I took his information, obviously everything's redacted, um, but I used this as, as an example to show our potential clients, like what we can build for them. And so I'll, I'll walk you through it. It's really simple. Uh, you got the, the title here, uh, a little bit of a sub headline. It's a confidential dossier. Uh, you got the, the intro. Uh, there's a little video of me talking about why this candidate is such a great candidate. Uh, a testimonial from his boss, obviously names are redacted. Achievements impact. Um, again, this is just a sample. So this is why there's not a calendar here, but this is, you would have a calendar right here. Uh, and then from there, have your testimonials. Now, because I'm a big Seinfeld fan and I use this as an example, I've got all my Seinfeld testimonials right here. Um, but this is a really great uh, way to- Art Vandalay. Vandalay Industries, Vandalay Industries, answer, it's Vandalay Industries. It's dude, this is uh oh god, it was yeah, it's classic stuff, man. But but here's how you would use it. So let's say you have run an MPC campaign, or you know, for those who don't know MPC skill marketing, it's basically taking a candidate, uh, polishing them up and, and sending it. And one of the great things about that is um, you know, everybody says they find the best people. Um, and and it, how do you differentiate that? Everybody says the same shit all the time, versus you can actually demonstrate it by sending in a high level rock star leader um because oftentimes they may not have a need for this person but they say well we don't need this but we do need a solution architect can you find me that so uh, that's why i like to use this but how you would use this is actually in a, uh, a marketing sequence let's say you send out a linkedin message then maybe a couple of emails you talk about this great uh, 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 SAP director that you're confidentially representing. Uh, it lists out some bullet points for more information. Check out his confidential career dossier at this link. They go to that because this is something that you wouldn't put this out publicly. They go to the link, they can schedule the call right there. Um, and oftentimes, what's really cool, what, what you can do on these MPC calls, and this is where you, you give it the, the, the old school twist is cold calls are super effective when done uh, as in a bit of like a sniper campaign um, on the back of some of these these techniques. So let's say you send out the uh, uh, LinkedIn message, send out the email, make a cold call. Or uh, for uh, and, and let's say you, you're sort of reaching out to 200 companies. Maybe you don't want to call, cold call 200 companies. You don't have the bandwidth necessary. Well, if you use a CRM that tracks uh, opens and link clicks, a really great tactic that uh, a lot of my clients use that's really effective is um, have it track link clicks and anybody that opens the link at least once gets put on a call list. So now you're only calling the people that you know have opened the link, right? And so now you're being, you're being hyper effective. You're calling people that have opened the link. Now, is it better to call everybody? Sure. But if your time is very, uh, uh, very constrained, well, then but you still want to add that old school flavor to your, your, your marketing. Just simply call uh, the people that actually opened the link because, you know, the, you know, they've interacted with it somehow, just haven't responded. Right. So that's a great way to use a landing page. like this. And you can use this for jobs as well. If you're recruiting for a position, that's it. Like say a retaining client, same thing, have the same sort of layout uh, there. So these, these sort of techniques are great for the sales process. But at the end of the day, let's say this person that I re I reach out to, he, he sees this, they're interested in talking about this candidate, or maybe they have an, another position they want me to recruit. And at the end of the day, I'm still going to get them on the phone or on a Zoom call. And I'm going to walk them through the sales process live in both relationship. And so it's all about smooth or greasing the slide uh, until you're actually on the sales call itself. Now, right? let's add on to this, David, your brilliance and what we do also at Boss and what people out there need to do. And it's the other side of it. So on automation, people often talk about outbound automation. That's what they're referring mm -hmm. to. But there's the flip side of that, that Google it, is called inbound automation. What's inbound automation? Mm -hmm. David's amazing at it. What inbound automation is saying, okay, people are constantly getting inundated with stuff. What you want to do is use technology, find out who these people are, have them think they're coming to you by taking your advertising dollars 
and only advertising to the people that have already had a cookie created in your system, or as David will explain, a pixel on Facebook. So David will drive people on these things into a Facebook, you name it. He'll get pixels from them. And David explained it because it, the whole inbound side is amazing. Because if you want to start using the tools of automation for advertising, uh, Facebook advertising, LinkedIn has their version. But look at Facebook advertising. You can literally, once you have an email campaign, and I use HubSpot, and that actually directly links to Facebook. So I can use any email campaign. But again, you could just go to HubSpot, get the pixel. And then I can just spend $2,000 on ads. And those same people are going to see my video, my app, whatever it is. They're going to get an ad on Google. They'll get something on LinkedIn. And they're going to think, my God, boss is huge. I must be spending a million dollars in average. I see you everywhere. You see me everywhere. <laughs> the other people don't. David's amazing right. at it. Right. Yeah. So yeah, actually, I've got something I can show you on that one as well. Uh, man, you keep you keep keep teaming me up there, Neil. Um, well, you know what I'm saying, but that's so, just you. My counter thing is like that's what we're talking. about. We're talking about outbound marketing. Mm -hmm. We're talking about automation, and and it's just you need to look into it. Google it. David has great stuff on it. But again, just do it. Do it. It's been there for years. David, you were talking about pixels when it first came out, like five years ago. Oh yeah. In fact, um, you know, the reason how I, I I got so big so quickly in terms of the training space is I use uh, Facebook advertising and well, Facebook and Google and LinkedIn. Um, and but here here's the way you want to think about it though, because the way so okay, let me back up a little bit. Let's talk about prospecting because actually this ties right in. So yeah. remember I said earlier before I said you have your outbound, you have your inbound, and they're not they're technically really two sides of the same coin. They're not that you, you want to do both because you know how they say it takes. Um, I don't know, eight to 10 or 12 touches to get in front of a prospect or whatever the number is. I don't know. They're, everybody has different numbers, but we just know it takes a lot of touches. So that touch and might be. don't mean unopened spam email or yeah, email. It, it, read. it might be. It yeah. doesn't. That means the automation touch. Anyway, keep going. Well, well, touch, well, touch might be on me. The email yeah. one day, the LinkedIn message, then a voicemail message here, yep. and they see an ad over here and a piece of content over here, and they go to your website over here, and they send their email over here, then a voicemail over here. Realize there's outbound inbound components to it. Um, and a lot of the, the bigger firms know this. The, the, the big firms, the Corn Fairies and the Robert Halves and, and the K-Forces of the world, who spend millions and millions and millions to high-level marketing consultants who know this game inside and out, they do it. They believe in it. Because if you go to the Corn Fairy website, uh, and as long as you don't have ad blockers on, and then you go around the internet, you'll see Corn Fairy banners. Now, the Corn Fairy banners don't say book a call now. They, they know that are offering some sort of value or, or even just putting their logo out there. But the more they see the logo, it's kind of like the same. It's like a Coca-Cola effect. You, they put Coca-Cola on the side of a stadium, not because you're going to buy Coca. It's going to make you buy a Coca-Cola then and there, but they're building mindshare. And so hey, David, while you're, you're on that with the advertising, Chime in because mm -hmm. I'll forget. Uh, one of the tools I recommend people look into is a tool called ConvertFlow, C-O-N-V-E-R-T-F-L-O-W. It's a banner pop-up. It's one of the, the, the best ones, largest ones out there. It integrates with most CRMs. It has great raw data. And to your point, David, that's how you can utilize something like that for inbound marketing. And it does all sorts of stuff like we talked about. You can say only if they have this, if they did that, if they clicked on this link. So anyway, David, keep going. Check it out, people. If you're into this kind of automation, it's a great tool. Well, from a, now from a, an advertising standpoint, so here's how I, I would run it, to put it pretty simply. Um, the, the mistake people make when they think about advertising is they think, okay, I'm going to go put something on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever it is. Um, in my mind, Facebook's the better bet if you're small because uh, you'll spend much less and have much less competition than a LinkedIn, right? But with because that said- pixel, um, Because the pixel, people don't know that. It's so powerful because mm -hmm. LinkedIn seems to be a better option because you get to narrow down all those target audience, mm -hmm. right? Well, it actually, actually, kind of. Um, actually, on it's actually better. It's actually easier to narrow the down target audience to LinkedIn. The yes, way I would use Facebook, yeah. So you can use you can use uh, so Pixel for those who don't know. It's like a little piece of code that if you go to a website, like if you go to like Mercedes, for example, and then you start seeing Mercedes banners, well, you've been pixeled, right? They they just retarget. It's every major company does it. Um, it's it's ubiquitous at this point. Uh, that's a cool word, ubiquitous. Uh, that is a good one. word of the day. But um, it's ubiquitous. Um, it's purple but, and clairvoyant. But the way I look at it is when a the mistake people make when it comes to advertising, regardless of what advertising, uh, what, regardless of what social media platform you're on, the the problem arises when a recruiter tries to make an ad where it's like 
you know, uh, uh, click here to book your t- book your talent call now or whatever. They they try to get somebody to book call off the ad. It doesn't really work. And and I've seen uh, so many people spend so much money and and trainers kind of uh, giving this advice and it just does flat out does not work. And the reason why is because in our market is very saturated. Take any decision maker out there. They've got dozens of recruiters in their inbox every single month, every single week, every single day. They don't, so they don't need to necessarily go see an analyst and they say, "Oh, you know, what? I do need somebody. Let me book a call here." Maybe they will, but they're likely not. And those ads are very expensive. The better way to do it, again, using like inbound marketing tactics, right? If you want, if you want your prospects to see your LinkedIn posts and your really cool pieces of content to build that mind share, the same way that K Force Robert have. Uh, Corn Ferry, Russell Rhines, they all they all do this. The same way, you can take your best pieces of content that you want your prospects to uh, to see to build up Mindshare, and you simply run those and make it look as organic as possible. So I'm going to show my screen here again. So for example, these are some ads I ran when I was uh, recruiting the SAP space. These were going to SAP leaders. Granted, there's a headline and a button here, but look all the other other ones. Picture uh, and a. Let me actually zoom this in a little bit. So for example, this one right here, for the modern SAP leader, career leaders are a thing of the past. And they click see more to read the rest of it, right? Um, And I want them to see my name, the SAP recruiter. It does say sponsor, but it's very, very small and tiny. The interesting thing about it, here's some real numbers. This was uh, over the course of maybe, I think two and a half or three month period back in 2018 when I was running this really hard. I, uh, on this on Facebook, I had, now, I didn't pixel anybody. What I did here is I uploaded a list of personal email addresses that I had sourced for SAP leaders in North America, both both U.S. and Canada. I hit about 4,000 people roughly um, with 52,000 ads over the course of a three-month period. Uh, and here's the crazy thing. 22% uh, 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 engagement rate or a unique CTR. Basically, when they say click on see more or they like it or whatever, right? Normal ads that have a headline and a button, they get a one to two percent engagement rate because people never uh, engage. That's amazing. That's Isn't amazing. That amazing? Yeah, that's twenty-two percent. Click see more to read the rest of it, right? And it and just in that two or three month time period, my my um, my presence in the market catapulted uh, way further than all the marketing and cold calls I did for years prior to this um and this is a, a, a part of automation now and you know what david when you said 22 percent, you know what i thought you were going to mention because what you just alluded to is called facebook audiences and what david did was he took the list it goes up what facebook does is it looks at the email addresses and names it takes some algorithm besides that who they're connected to but name and it comes up with a match it doesn't tell you who they are they advertise to the audience and then you could say, hey, based on that, I want you to find a similar audience on your algorithm based upon, you know, groups, things in common who, who you know, uh, uh, Anthony and Zale, uh, uh, you know, go with. And that's how that all works. And you got to tap into that, right? 100%. And the thing is, you know, we're not – and when people think, I don't want to reach out to my decision makers or my prospects on Facebook, you're not. Use LinkedIn for that. But, you know, your your average director, VP, they're on Facebook because Facebook is where the old people are at nowadays. Let's be real. You know, yeah. the, all the young people on the, on the, on the Tiki Talkies and the, and the, and the Facebook. Or the Gram. Or the Gram, right. Or the Gram or whatever. They're, they're, yeah, they're, or they're, I don't know, they're only fans. I'm just kidding. Not only fans. But, but they're on the Gram. Uh, but anyway, the, so, <laughs> but, but they're there. And, and your average VP is on there. Not publicly stating he's a VP of XYZ, but he's just on there. He looks at, he sees, he sees uh, ads from Mercedes, Titleist, you know, the golf balls, uh, you know, BMW, Nike, you know, things that appeal to that demographic. And if you could be in there uh, as well on the newsfeed, it's a great way just to get that. And, and guess what these people do for you when you advertise on there? They give you nice options where you can do reach, you can do click, right? And when you do clicks, your people on the inbound ads that you're targeting, your very specific targets or your audience are all inbound, right? you don't even have to pay for a lot of times they see your name. If it's a video, they're going to constantly see that thing scrolling. If they don't click on it, you're not getting charged. So you do get a lot of charge on it, but it's really so targeted and it creates such brand recognition that that's what I want. Yeah. I hope you'll be with all that today. Well, Zale here actually has a question. How do you, how do you see this is, or, uh, or how do you see more efficient Facebook over LI? Uh, so this Facebook over LinkedIn, what's more efficient. So I can tell you from a cost perspective, um, let me, uh, Take this off here. So, um, okay, it looks like it, there, there's two different ways I can answer this. So, it's it's 
easier on LinkedIn, right? Uh, because on LinkedIn, you can use the LinkedIn native targeting features, right? Because LinkedIn is basically a sea of, of basically resumes. So you can use their LinkedIn, uh, their native targeting feature, super, super easy. That's right. Facebook, you can't really do that. You, uh, the best way to do it is either you know retargeting people who've been to your website, but if you want to get broad coverage, you have to source ideally the personal email addresses for all your decision makers and upload the list. So it's a little bit harder on the front end. However, Let me, you from it. a cost perspective, here's where where it, it flips because um, it, it depends on the market. It depends on your niche. All niches are a little bit different, but um, uh, on average, uh, the uh, LinkedIn will be five to eight times the cost for the same audience and the same number of impressions done Facebook because LinkedIn is very expensive. It's very competitive. And when people are competing for that space, that drives the price up. And so it's a little hard on the front end on Facebook, right? But you can make that happen. But on LinkedIn, it's easier on the front end, but it's also much more expensive. So yeah, if you're on a budget- Let me give you an example, David, right? So in, in our example, like LinkedIn, as David said, right? The native built in this position, this title, whatever, done. Facebook, as an example, once I find someone, I find they use one of boss's competitors. We put them in our CRM. We tag them as a competitor. We're able to have Facebook read all of our competitors that we tagged as competitors, or you can upload them manually, right? And Facebook will take that and it will figure out how to find them and target them. It's going to say, here they are. I'm going to run an ad to them. How else can you target? You can't target a, a specific person on LinkedIn, right? So that's a, that's a live, colorful example. Oh, it is. And there's, 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 there's lots of ways, ways to do this, but I think when you look at it as a brand building exercise, it works really, really well, especially if just imagine this, imagine if you're, if you're running a, a, a prospecting campaign and we should get into the prospecting piece here soon, but if you're in a prospecting campaign uh, and uh, you maybe run ads for a few weeks to those thousand prospects and you see that they're seeing that content repeatedly, they're reading, they're engaging with it. And then you reach out to them, maybe email, LinkedIn, phone calls, whatever. And you reach out and five of their recruiters reach out all simultaneously. So it's a half dozen of you. Who are they more likely to respond to? The person that they know, the person that they're familiar yes. with, right? Not all the time, but you're trying to stack as many chips in your favor or stack the odds in your favor. And, and this is just one of, of many. And it's, many sub, it's subconscious as well. That's the thing. You just become someone they view as a thought leader, as an expert. They see your name. You must be good. It's all of it. Uh, David, there's a yeah. question on there if you want to put on there from Shanti. Um, and, and it's, oh, yeah, oh you got it. Actually, by the way, Trix, by the way, Trix is, uh, is my, my executive assistant. She's in the green room. I think she's doing the comments. So thank you, Trix, for, for putting that up. Um, would, is business premium description in LinkedIn better than Recruiter Lite for headhunting? Um, obviously, Recruiter Lite because it's built for recruiters. Although, personally, I prefer Sales Navigator. It's more bang for the buck, in my Me opinion. Too. But Recruiter Lite, yeah, at the end of the day, you want some sort of premium package. The Recruiter Lite sales navigator, just like a regular premium account, probably not going to get you to where you want to be. But I think LinkedIn Recruiter is worth it for the price of admission for the are you open to looking for a job or not button. Uh, that alone, I've seen people make a gazillion pay for it over and over, you know, but that's the reason for that if you use it. Oh, 100%. So, oh, let's, let's talk about prospecting because I wanted to um, – to make sure we get into that, because I uh, uh, I mentioned in in my kind of the lead up to the show, we talk a lot about. Um, um, oh, uh, uh, you're welcome, Zale. Uh, about the Zale, just for those listening, uh, Zale just mentioned. Is it uh, Zale or is it Zael, like Superman's dad? Wasn't that Kyle or something like that? Kalal, something like that. It was, yeah, it was, I think it was with a K, I believe. K, K Kalal, 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 maybe or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. Um, yeah. Something like that. But um, yeah. so there's this. Uh, um, uh, yeah, but prospect. It's not about prospecting. Um, so on the, on the prospecting side, when people think automation, they think prospecting. The email automation, everybody's doing that nowadays. It's when I started doing email automation, uh, I used to use Woodpecker, which is like an uh, basically sends out one email, then a second a few days later, then a third a few days later. And back then, no one was doing that. And that was like a big kind of re a, a, a revelation. Well, not everybody's doing it. Uh, all right, then you look at LinkedIn. Late with the LinkedIn automation, I started using Duck Soup, and then I, I turned to these um, uh, uh, more more cloud based uh, 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 tools like Expandy, which is a great great tool. I use it, um, and, but now everybody's automating that, and so it's kind of like that Red Queen effect, right? Where uh, and they use this in, in terms of evolution, where let's say a a virus, uh, say I develop an immunity or humans develop an immunity or to a virus, to the virus that mutates. 
uh, still can affect more people, but then those people develop immunity. So the virus mutates again and the people, and the people uh, develop uh, immunities. And over time, over eons, it's like this in, in the Alice in Wonderland analogy is the red queen talked about the faster you run, the more you stay in the same place. So red queen in terms of evolution, in terms of evolution is that same sort of concept. Everybody just, just uh, has to evolve just to compete at the same plane level. Well, when it comes to automation, it's much the same way, right? If you use Woodpecker or any other or any other email sequencing tool, you know, five, six years ago, you were way ahead of the crowd. Now everybody's doing it. Everybody. So how can you then, you know, uh, differentiate? And this is where um, this is where I talk a lot about uh, spectrum spectrum of personalization, uh, which is which is how you how can you personalize your your campaigns because everybody's probably running uh automate automated campaigns at this point everybody knows about email automations etc so how do you personalize it so here's a few ways you can do that first off think about think about the numbers the volume right um remember what i said about those mpc or skill marketing campaigns if you're sending out this this that candidate dossier to 200 prospects you may not have the ability to call off 200 if you've got a really busy desk but you want to make sure you're 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 putting that effort in there so have your crm track whoever opens the link whoever opens the link put them on a put them on a call on a call list and then and then start power dialing right and start calling those folks because those are higher value calls because they've interacted with the email somehow um that's one way you can add personalization uh, uh to automation if you look at a, on a broader spectrum, let's say you're of the course of a month, you are reaching out to 1,000 prospects uh, with your automations. And this is, um, which is a pretty good round number, it's 50 a day. Um, but you can't make all those cold calls because, again, you have a very busy desk and you've got to recruit and everything else. So maybe take your most high value prospects, maybe 200, call those your tier ones, and you're making cold calls on those. So maybe you send a LinkedIn, LinkedIn message, then an email message, and then immediately after that email, you, you make the call. Granted, they're not going to pick up live most of the time, but your voicemail is quite literally going to be, hey, Bob, David here. Uh, sorry I missed you. I just sent you an email. And then and then go into the pitch, right? You go into uh, what you're calling about. Um, by the way, on a little side note, if you're making cold calls on the back of an email campaign or a LinkedIn campaign, um, the best voicemail you can ever leave uh, and, and, and I will, and, and I will, I will die on this hill. So fight me if you don't agree with it. But, um, instead of saying, hi, Bob, uh, or, or uh, this message is for Bob Jenkins, this is David Patterson with the kinetic group. And I'm calling because, and then what's going to happen. They're going to delete it because no one likes a sales call as opposed to, Hey, Bob, David here. Sorry, I missed you. Look, don't worry about calling me back. I just sent you an email and then go into your thing. It's a pattern interrupt. You want them to listen to the voicemail. And if you say no last names, no companies, hey, Bob, David here. Sorry, right, yeah, but you. it's so key. I delete every sales call. Everyone out there does. Everyone does. Remember that they delete yeah. yours. If it doesn't, if you don't do something different, they do. They do. I do. I do. Well, like, we like, do. like, so for example, like, for example, if, um, if you get a, if you get a voicemail and it's, you know, say my name is Bob, I say, hey, Neil, sorry, I missed you. This is Bob. Don't worry about calling me back. But I just sent you an email. You're probably going to listen to because you're thinking like, do I know Bob? I think I know Bob. Is this the Bob I know? You're building curiosity and just to get them to listen to it and then do your pitch. And then simply at the end, just simply say, if this resonates with you, uh, I just sent you an email about an hour ago. Reply back to that. Let's set up a call. Or if you do want to call me back, call me back at, you know, whatever your number is. So you're still leaving the same callback voicemail. But you're doing it in a way where you're referencing the email you just sent and you're ensuring that they're much more likely to listen to the, the voicemail versus a standard like voicemail that you leave. Uh, and I will die on that hill because the, the results you get from that voicemail are, are, are tremendous. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so that's, that's one example of, of that spectrum personalization, taking 200 people out of that 1,000, making cold calls uh, with those, and then on the others, leaving that automated. Maybe that listen, 200 could be people who are actively hiring. So they're, they're hotter leads than those who are not, right? So, so it's not all one or the other. There's a lot of ways to, to, to add personalization in. Um, here's another way to go old school. Let's say you're doing that tiered approach. You got a thousand prospects, and you're sending out, uh, and then you're you're emailing everybody. Uh, Two hundred of those, you're making cold calls because you want to add a little more personalization. And let's say there's ten or fifteen or twenty that are really high value, really high value. Well, go and 
mail them something, mail them a postcard, mail them a book, mail them um, a, a little knickknack, put something in the mail, FedEx them something, right? Um, hey, Bob, uh, hey, Bob, David here. Sorry I missed you, but, uh, uh, but you should be getting a FedEx package today from David Batterson. Everybody, nobody does that anymore. Everybody opens up a UPS or FedEx. Everybody will open up your marketing letter. Everybody. We'll open yep, up exactly, that. Exactly. Especially if it's lumpy mail. If you send out like a, a book, here's a great way to do it. If you're reaching out to a, um, uh, a C-suite executive, a high level, they have a gatekeeper. Gatekeepers will gatekeep the uh, 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 regular mail. They'll gatekeep anything that looks like a, like a sale, like anything involving sales. They'll gatekeep the phone. They'll gatekeep the email. But that C-suite executive gets a package in a manila envelope at the package. Most likely, they're going to take that that envelope, that, that middle envelope, and they're going to put it on the executive yeah, desk. Yeah, David, and right? here's the thing. And, and the topic is, I know we're running out of time, right? But the topic was old school kind of becomes new school. And you want to talk about really old school? To what you're saying, I, I and this is a story I've told over and over again in my career. I went to a Tony Robbins sales seminar early on in my career when I first got into recruiting. And what he said was just this. A couple of things, a couple of big themes. Less is more for prospecting. Stop the unlimited, what he called at the time, a Rolodex, okay? Have accountability. You can't do it with 200. You can't do it with 22. You can do it with three, two, four. He told the whole group, come back next week with two. Only focus on two all week and watch what happens. Less is more. And what he's getting at is what you're talking about, David, is you have a scale and you have volume, which is what everyone in the recruiting industry, oh, double your volume, a KPI, increase, of course, Double your volume, you'll double your results. But the efficiency side of the scale, David, that you're talking about, if they're hiring, oh, my God. If they open up your email, oh, my God, that doubles the odds that they're interested, or triples or quadruples. If yeah. you found out from a person that they're interviewing through an agency that's a competitor of yours, oh, my God. that What does that do? Tenfold your results? So to your point, oh, yeah, his yeah. point was just nice and simply be a salesperson, okay? And this before automation. So with all the automation, be a salesperson. Look at all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Be efficient, not time. Look at your data, like David's saying. You have to tear it. David's saying, if you're going to tear it, I'm saying it. you have to tear it. Go ahead, David. That's the point. That's well, old school. It's as relevant today as it was then. Yeah, here's the thing. Is like, it's, it's not about either automating or not automating. It, you can do both. Have volume, have scale. Have have efficiency and and employ sniper. I call them sniper campaigns. Sniper campaigns where you're putting so much effort in uh, that other recruiters simply aren't because they're trying to automate everything, right? Because they're 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 not being smart about. It. They're like oh, automation. Uh, you know, it, it, everybody's doing that. Automation is great, but but use it in the proper place and make sure you provide that personalized touch. I do want to provide one more tip, and I, this is one of my favorites. It's very small, but it, it, it'll give you big results in your automations. Uh, and I'll do that before we wrap the call. But I do want to address this question here from um, – I, I can't see the name. It's this Facebook user. Why only Facebook and LinkedIn? Other social media doesn't exist. Um, oh, of course they do. But I will say your, uh, your decision makers are typically going to be obviously on LinkedIn. Uh, and then in terms of uh, uh, Facebook, Facebook – Let's say you're at if 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 they're a director or VP you're reaching out to, they're gonna be any social media, they're gonna be LinkedIn, so we can put that aside. Any other social media, uh, 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 they're likely to be on Facebook more than they're gonna be on on, on the Tiki Talkie or the Insta or the Snapchats or the Twitters. They may be, but if you want the get maximum efficiency, those two are really where you want to be. And then I, yeah. I would also include Google Ads in there too. What else? Yeah. Also, now that said, you want to hit them. And let me give you two tools you'll want to look into, okay? One of them is managing all your posts, managing all your data, managing your reach to all these different uh, 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 segments, okay? Different tools, different apps. And you'll use a tool called Publer. Best one out there, P-U-B-L-E-R. Check it out. If you're going to do one, start hitting all these avenues. Um, oh, yeah. Publer's great. Actually, I use Publer as well. Publer's um, wonderful. Another uh, tool that's out there that you should look into, they've really just, they've made it so user-friendly. It's really big now. It's called Phantom Buster, P-H-A-N-T-O-M, Buster, one word. And Phantom Buster will do all this automation of all these different things. They break it out nice and easily where they already have them custom made for you. LinkedIn, the things David's talking about, much more than Duck Soup and Linked Helper. And it's really easy. It's a little pricey, but check it out. Okay, David, sorry. Oh, I know where it is. Actually, I was able to see the name of the person who, 
and put that in that last question about Facebook link. That was actually my copywriter, uh, Alona. So, hey, Alona. Um, now, now, one thing I want, I want to give a tip on, on automation. So this is something that you can use actually in your automation, and it falls along, this, along the side of, of spectrum personalization. So um, um, so two things. If, if I get a message, if I, 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 or actually I get these all the time. I, I'll get a message on LinkedIn or email, and I'll say something to the effect of this. Hi, David Steffen. I see that you are the founder for slash uh, fueling executive search firms at the digital headhunter comma LLC. Right. And so when I see that, I can tell that, okay, they scraped it off LinkedIn and they, they did no cleaning uh, because in my first name field, I put David Steffen, but call me David. Right. So they're not cleaning up that data. They're not taking the stripping the LLC out of the company. They're not stripping the title and saying, cause it should say, hi, David, I see you're the founder at the digital headhunter. Not the best opening line in the world, but it's miles better than "Hi, David Steffen. I see you're the founder of Forest Executive, fully executive search firms at the Digital Hunter, comma LLC." No one talks like that, so it immediately um, tells me that you automated me, and I don't like it. Give me the illusion. Now, if you want to take the illusion a step further, um, and I got this I, this technique from somebody who did it to me. Um, so, where you take that, so in automation, you have high first name. Or maybe hi, Dave Week, first name, if you want to get a little more fancy. And then you have your pitch, uh, whatever that pitch happens to be, right? Um, well, if you had high first name and then you had a variable in your automated like, emailer, which might be intro, uh, or intro line or personalized line that gets filled in, and then you get the pitch after, right? So here's where that comes into play. I got an email a couple of years ago, and it says something to the effect of, hi, David. Uh, I just read what Brian Polanski said about your, you know, whatever. Because Brian Polanski was an old, old client of mine, great guy uh, in healthcare staffing. And he has a recommendation. He left a recommendation on my LinkedIn profile. And he referenced it specifically. Um, and he was like, some, and I forget exactly what he said, but he referenced it. Um, and it got me to open it because what happens in the email preview, you see, it's not the subject line. It's a first line preview that you see. I saw what Brian Polanski said about your dot, 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 dot. I know Brian Polanski. Yeah, I'm going to open that thing. I didn't even look at the subject line. And I read it and we didn't do business with them, but that's okay. Not, not everybody is a great lead, but I did respond, right? And so imagine if you did the same thing. If you reached out to 10 prospects and you simply go to their LinkedIn, look at the recommendations, find it. Okay, Bob Jones left a recommendation for whatever. Uh, hi, and they say, hi, Derek. Uh, I saw what Bob Jones wrote about your ability to lead international implementation teams or what do they have to say in the recommendation? And they say, simply say, great to see you in, in a leader. Kudos. You just give them a little compliment, just a little, little compliment, right? And then after that, you have your automated pitch. You'll get a much higher open rate and you get a much higher reply rate. And at the end of the day, um, even they reply back with no needs, that's cool because at least they reply to you. They reply to you once, they're more likely to reply to you again in the future when they do have a need. So a little tip there, uh, and what you would how you would do this is you create, you know, you've got your first name field, your last name field, your company field, and you upload that into your system. Just create a custom field called intro line and have your intro line written into your Excel spreadsheet. So just go in and Right, intro line for, for this column, for this row, another one for this row, another one for this row, make sure everything looks okay, and then upload that, and then boom, automate away. Um, or you hire an assistant. You can hire an assistant to do that for you, and they can usually do about 50 a day, right? Um, so look, at the end of the day, there's ways to personalize the automation, be, you know, uh, in lots of different ways to do it, right? And hopefully, and I have a lot more other techniques. I didn't, there's a lot I didn't even get a chance to get into today. Hopefully, it gives you guys some, some good ideas. Um, now, Neil, anything you want to add to that before we start wrapping things up? I think yeah, time I mean, so we really only talked about marketing automation. Um, there's so much automation, and I, you need to ask yourself, I mean, we can have more questions on non-marketing or more, more sessions on it. You need to ask yourself, what are you doing to get ahead or at least with automation that's happening in the industry? We know there's been tremendous changes post pandemic in particular, right? It's mm -hmm. large, I mean, it's affected the IT industry tremendously, but remote work, virtual hiring, um, you know, search and staffing agencies rely on technology, interviews, onboarding, collaboration, uh, virtual uh, uh, conferences, job fairs, assessment platforms. Um, what are you doing to facilitate this? What's your role in this change in the whole world? 
if you're still doing it the way you did it before now old school with that and you're not treating your business like you're the ceo of your business if you're independent when are you having those ceo meetings where you're having your strategy of how you get current how do you harness the future okay so there's a lot to do your recruiters if you're not ahead of technology and you're and 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 all you're doing is automating stuff without the sales element you're gonna be left behind because your clients are automating okay 100 and again it's not it's not a, it's not a it's not a this or that or one or the other it's just a, it's a yin yang right you, you do both they, they both complement each other the smart recruiters uh do things smartly the 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 i don't say the dumb recruiters the average recruiters follow the crowd don't be one that follows the crowd. Use what they're doing and, and use it effectively, but add your own spin to it, personalize it, put a little extra work into it, and your results will skyrocket. Be smart. Don't be don't be a lemming. Um, now, if you want to see some of the ways that I do this, uh, this was what I've got here on the screen. It's my 220-page sales marketing guide. It is meaty. It is big. It's 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 and it's completely free. Just go to realdsp.me forward slash guide. And if you want, Neil, Neil has a resource, uh, Staffing by the Book. That one talks more about specifically uh, contract staffing, staff augmentation, employer of record, back office stuff. You can go to backofficestaffingsolutions.com forward slash staffing. Um, and, uh, and that said, I think next week, uh, uh, if I remember correctly, Neil, we had talked last week about talking about AI. And so if you're so cool with it, I say next week, let's go, let's dive into AI uh, and then probably the week after that, we'll have our first guest. What do you think? Yep, absolutely. AI is the episode next week. Uh, Chris and I already have some good stuff uh, in the backup for it. So uh, that's the message. So I, I uh, love it, David. Great stuff. Great tips. Uh, always good to hear your wisdom. And, and I appreciate the great, great color, Neil, as well. I really appreciate it. Uh, everybody, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Guys, give us some love if you can. Comment, give us some love, hearts, angry faces, whatever. I don't care what it is. Show some emotion. Uh, and we will be here next week at the same bad time, uh, same bad channel. Thank you, everybody. Love you all. Wow. Peace out, guys. Au revoir.